welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of A and B Media. Fucking, I'm gonna lose. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Goddamn mind. I'm so tired for Texas. I'm so tired. He's a very tired boy. But let me rephrase for him. Welcome to A and B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ, and I'm Bill. And boy, howdy, do we have a good one for you today. Yeehaw. Let's get through this shit. Um, just to give you some context of why I'm screwing up so badly, I was just on a bachelor party in Texas, and I'm so exhausted still. Did you find the cowgirl of your dreams? No. Did you ride the mechanical bull? No. Did you buy a pair of boots? Close. If they weren't $750. That, you know what? That's completely fair, then. <laughs> Alrighty, so I'm going to start us off with our lovely day in events in sports history. First and foremost, baseball in 1857, on March 7th, baseball decides nine innings constitutes an official game, not nine runs. Did you ever know that? I actually didn't. No, that's a new one. I never even thought about that. Nine runs would have been a mercy rule. Could have been done in one inning. My God, that actually would be nice sometimes. I'd be able to go home faster. Shut up. I'm talking about softball. And baseball, no. Nine innings makes sense. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, there were some horse races that went on, like the 17th Grand National uh, in 1855. John Hanlon wins a, bro- a, bo- uh, a board. Okay, this is happening to everybody today. All right. Nice. A- you on top of the horse. This is the most scuffed episode. Just call it the blooper episode at this point. Seriously, I'm not. This, this is going to be. Let's genuine. just roll with it. Let's it's just have fun with it. It's going to be genuine. Screw it. Let's have fun with it. Um. By the way, in 1870, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, not even the Cincinnati Reds, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, yes, yeah. the first pro baseball team began their eighth month tour of the Midwest and East Coast. Ew. I want to know when they changed it from Cincinnati Red Stockings to Reds. Were the Reds always about socks? Yeah. Not the Red Sox. I'm not talking about the Red Sox. I'm talking about the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds. I don't know. I don't know too much about What that. is a red? Uh, it's a color. I think it's a chewing gum. Big red. Oh, God damn it. I got you there. Uh. <laughs> so this is how this game... I like this podcast already. It's going well. All right. Uh, oh, my God. Montreal Canadiens in 1940 sucked. Uh, they lost another record... Another losing record, tying 15 straight game losses at home. Following, and now the Flyers are getting there close, too. Oh, I don't want to talk about we, it. Me neither, but I'm going to bring them up anyway. All right. 1951, Ezra Charles Beach, Jersey Joe Walcott in a 15. Jersey for, Joe. <laughs> Jersey Joe. For the second time to win the National Boxing Association World Heavyweight title. I don't know who these people are, but good for them. Uh, moving on down in sports history. 1986, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, geez, sorry. Wayne Gretzky breaks his own NHL season record with his 136th assist. We can't win today. Oh, my God. Moving on. Oh, 1987, Mike Tyson beats James Bone Crusher Smith by unanimous, unanimous decision yeah, in 12 brother. rounds in Vegas for the WBC, WBA heavyweight boxing titles. I actually wonder how many fights Tyson won by decision. Knowing he has, you know, that crazy, I'm going to destroy you power. Or bite your ear off. Just the crazy eyes. It is the crazy eyes. I think there was a, a, a video on TikTok, uh, not mm-hmm. TikTok, Twitter, um, where they were showing, like, it was like old Mike Tyson. Oh, just, yeah. Just showing, like, his moves and, like, Jesus Christ. The like, man could duck, weave, slip, and then throw a punch that will knock you out to, like, you know, next Tuesday. This was, like, him, like, 
maybe five years ago seeing this stuff and like just imagining him in its prime like who would want to go against no, that not at all i would never um Magic Johnson in 1996 is the second NBA player to reach 10,000 career assists. Who's number one, AJ? I have no fucking clue either. Uh, I'll look at it later. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, and no, we're not bringing that up. Peyton, uh, Peyton retired today in 2016. Did not know that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah, makes that's sense. On to bring he, up. Uh, yeah, he won the Super Bowl and then... Yeah. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a few few brewskis, a few cervezas, you yeah. know, let it let them know, and yeah, there we he, go. He ran off into the sunset on the high. That he did, good for him. And that is our day in sports history. Okay, so we had a lot of MMA going on, and we also had a lot of uh, NFL news going on. Yes, too. we had, had good good amount of stuff going on actually. Um, I because I, I want to touch on this stuff real quick necessarily because this all it. this all happened today. This is a Tuesday, March 7th, um, we actually had a few people get signed to teams um, for the NFL. So we had Daniel Jones getting signed for a 160 mil deal, uh, mil deal um, I believe it's for four years, and then they, they franchise tag Saquon Barkley. So that, that that's interesting. I didn't expect them to, to pay that much, to be honest. Um, and... Good old Derek Carr. Where do you think he, he went? Oh, I actually don't know. Let me think. Hang on. Um, the Saints. Yeah. Was I right? Yeah. I said in a previous episode. Yeah, The did. free agency. Like he wanted to wait until he was a free agent, and then he would go there. I fucking called you are, it. You are correct. He went to the Saints on also a four-year deal. So Hell yeah. Well, well done with that call. Um, That's the first fucking call I called right all this time. So then... That, that was actually very... Yeah, yeah. outside of the uh, the LCS. Yeah, no, I am one in... How many episodes? Seven? Yeah, you'd be uh, one in seven, so... It's not even one in seven. It's one win out of seven episodes. And the sad thing is about the whole thing, that wasn't even a bet on an episode. That was me just doing dumb shit after work. So technically, I'm 0-7 on, on episode podcast bets, which, by the way, I am bringing up a note now. I might as well on the craziest episode that we have so far yes i'm done betting um in the sense of actually putting money down on the line and the only reason why is i was putting too much in and as we said in the beginning i we don't want you know to over you know stimulate ourselves with gambling it can become a problem don't forget 1-800-GAMBLER i don't want to overdo it i don't want to risk it so what i will be doing from now on I'll be using DraftKings just because their website's a little bit easier to work with. I'll be making the ticket without actually submitting it. You'll even see it on the, when I print it out, it'll even say, like, log in to submit bet. But the payout will be there. I'll put it on the Twitter post. But I'm still going to keep making high-paying, high-payout bets. But the likelihood may not, you know, still be there. So please use that wisely. Do not trust me. As you can already tell, I am on a shit streak as I will go over with fucking UFC 285. Big facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, so Derek Carr went to Saints, so congrats to right. Billy for actually getting something right. Yeah, thank God. Um, Geno Smith finalized a three-year, $105 million contract with the Seahawks. Good so Good for him getting out of his own way, making that bank. Um, a lot of running backs got, got franchise tagged because Josh Jacobs uh, on the Raiders got a uh, franchise tagged. A lot of people thought he was going to get a, a pretty decently big contract because um, he put up some numbers. Like, oh, my God. 
Um, let's see. So we got also had Evan Ingram on the Jaguars getting a, a franchise tagged as well. And then the biggest one that happened today was Lamar Jackson got franchise tagged by the Ravens. Really? But there's a stipulation. I was going to say, I felt like that wasn't going to happen. It's a non-exclusive uh, franchise tag. So what that means is that he can go out and still field offers from um, other teams. Oh, okay. And whatever the team like puts up, the Ravens can match that. Mm-hmm. Or... It's your two first rounds. I don't know. I don't really understand the last part of the two first rounds, but I know that uh, Lamar Jackson can, is technically a, still a free agent, but like if nothing happens, he's just going to f- sign a franchise tag uh, with the Ravens. Um, whatever team decides that they want him, they can put in an offer, and then the Ravens can match that offer if they want to. Um, so it that that that's a really interesting one. The uh, the Lamar Jackson era in in Baltimore really has gotten so screwed over. Um, it was looking so promising, and now it looks like that the uh, the front office just can't get out of their own way on this one. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. That that's actually an interesting one, but that's pretty much all the stuff that's been happening. Uh, pretty much in in the NFL uh, regarding like contracts and uh, franchise tags. All right, good to know. Um, in the meantime, before I jump into UFC really quickly, just going to go over a quick announcement for boxing because it is a big event. And he is a, there are two very famous boxers that are um, going to put their names on the line. Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia. This is not until April 22nd. Usually I'm like on a week-by-week week basis, but when this got announced, I actually got very excited. Ryan Garcia is a, ter- a tremendous boxer. Javante Davis is also an incredible boxer. So both of them going head-to-head will be incredible. Uh, Ryan Garcia is more Instagram famous, but that doesn't mean he can't fight. Uh, Tank, or Javante Tank Davis, why we call him De- Tank for most of it, is a hell of a knockout artist. I've seen him drop people, and they did not get up the same. Um, apparently, this is going to be on April 22nd, 2023, in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, which is about a 20,000-seat capacity, so not too bad. So hopefully that sticks around. I definitely will not be seeing myself getting any tickets for it, though, because probably those tickets are going to cost just as much as UFC, if not more. So no thank you. Uh, But beyond that, the only other thing I want to get on to UFC... Yes, I do. Okay, so we're going to get on to UFC now. I'm going to cover 285 first, and then there is another event... This weekend as well, along with one FC or one championship. Um, I believe Bellator has something as well, but I'll double check that. But first off, let's go over UFC 285. It was a hell of a card this weekend. Um, just remember the event, main event was John Jones versus Cyril Gunn. But this whole thing from beginning to end had some very good fights. Uh, just to go over the performances, uh, bonuses, we'll go into those right now. Um, for the performance of the night, it goes to Jones versus Gone. Or, fi- uh, yes, fight of the night goes to Jeff Neal versus Shafkat Rachmov, uh, along with Alexa Grasso as well, which I'll get back to in a second. Starting on early prelims, uh, first actual uh, submission for the night was Tabitha Ricci versus Jessica Penne in the second round at 2 minutes and 14 seconds. Way to start off the card early enough with that. Um, but the big one that I wanted to talk about on early prelims was Ian Machado Gary versus Song Kennan. 
I did say in the beginning of uh, last week that he most likely will win by knockout. Sure enough, he did at three minutes, sorry, round three at four minutes, 22 seconds. But that doesn't mean he didn't come without any adversity. Uh, Song cracked him early in the first round, and he made Ian drop, which was terrifying for my bet lines, but also for Ian's career because Ian is currently 10-0, now 11-0. In the UFC, he's... He's not like Connor, where he's still from Ireland. He has the Irish pride, but he's not like Connor, but he's smart. This kid can strike. And he's more like a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. A lot, really good with his hands, good with his feet. And after that um, first knockdown, he got his composure back. Second round, pieced up Song a ton. Third round, he really changed the tempo on him and started throwing a lot more one twos. Next thing you know, he dropped Song. So, very nice job for Ian. Uh, moving on to the um, right prelims. Actually, these were really good cards as well. Uh, Julian Marquez got knocked out by Mark andre Barrio, uh in the second round at 4 minutes and 12 seconds. Very nice job. Um, the two that I wanted to focus on, because these were a part of my bets as well, I'm going to go through the first one I'm actually a little more pissed at. Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. This was a fucking mess. So at this point, I needed Trevin Jones to win by knockout. And in reality, with the way Cody's been going, I didn't expect much from him. He did come out looking good. No, don't get me wrong. His, he was still able to be nimble, bobbing, weaving. His normal style. However, Trevin Jones came out with what I would assume is stage fright. The man didn't strike well. He only kicked. Uh, He'd had some takedowns here or there. But even his own corner was yelling at him on what he was doing. Why wasn't he being aggressive enough? When he got a takedown, they were literally screaming no at him because they shouldn't be doing that. They should be knocking him the hell out. So, unfortunately, this went to Cody Garbrandt for a win, and then all of my bets from there just got ruined. Um, but before that fight, there was another one I wanted to bring up more because of the future implications of it. Middleweight bout, Derek Brunson versus Dris- uh, Driscus Duplice. Driscus. This fight is the funniest fucking fight I've ever seen. So, I think I tried to explain it last week with Driscus. The man looks like he's out of breath for 15 minutes. And I'm not kidding. He looks gassed. He looks tired. He throws sloppy. He can, like, he just does not look like he is in shape. But he is built. He is strong. And for some fucking reason, it works. He is currently, if I think now, he is on a seven-fight win streak. Yep. Uh, He is now 19-2. and Uh, And he won in good fashion, too. Uh, first round was basically a overall like grapple game between Derek and Driscus. Driscus actually wasn't looking so hot for a little bit too, um, and you could see Driscus getting tired. But as the round went on, he was able to get use his wrestling. He got out of the fight. It was a lot of scrambling, so it turned into striking, and it was back and forth between them two. Derek looked tired. Basically, Driscus brought him to his level where it was, "I'm going to be tired. You're going to be tired. We're going to punch each other." one at a time, and see who goes down first. Derek gets put on his back towards the end of the round and gets ground and pounded a few times to where his own coaches stop the fight. 
Um, honestly, I respect the coaches for doing that too. It is always better to save your fighter from more permanent damage down the line than having them go out for five more minutes to get their ass handed to them. I'm talking to you, Lauren Murphy's coaches. All right, but that was the prelims. So, all right, we're already on to the main card. Um, now, just going through these real quick, um, they were actually really good fights, though, the whole entire main card. The main and co-main, though, were spectacular, but you can't uh, can't ju- uh, diss anyone. This whole main card was very good. Well done, Dana, for making that all happen. So the first one was the middleweight bout with Jamie Pickett versus Bo Nickel. So when it comes to Bo Nickel, that was a kind of controversial ending. So keep in mind, Bo Nickel was the prospect on Dana White's contender series for middleweights, you know, to get him into the UFC. He's now currently 4-0 as a professional MMA fighter. Um, and the way the first round, this all happened in the first round, uh, Bo went in for a takedown on Jamie. Jamie was up on the wall. And then he gets, and then Bo goes for a knee to his inside leg and instead hits, you know, his sack. Um, even though they have a metal cup, shit still hurts. Oh, yeah. That's, that's still a lot yeah, of pressure. Shit still freaking hurts. So Jamie kind of winced, went down, and then uh, Bo went over for a submission. And I think even now, like, he, even after the fight, he was like, no, what, he didn't do that. But when you watch it back over and over with every angle, he hit the coin purse. So, good for Bo, but we're going to definitely need to see something more than that. Um, on to the next one, Matez Garmont versus Jalen Turner. Overall, great fight. A lot of grappling exchanges that didn't really pan out. Um, Matez did really well. Jalen did really well. Overall, solid 15 minutes of fighting. Split decision, so very close. It did go to Garmont, so good for him. Wasn't one of the more hype fights of the night, but it kept the crowd entertained. So overall, nice job. Now the big three. Welterweight, Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rakamov. So keep in mind with this, too. Jeff Neal actually came in four pounds overweight. Um, When we do these recordings, unfortunately, these are before weigh-ins happen, so things happen after the fact, so I have to relay them now. When you come in over the weight, overweight, you actually lose 30% of your purse to the opponent in order to, you know, one, incent them to continue fighting because, you know, having a weight advantage is huge. And two, it gives them, even if they lose for whatever reason, you still lose too because you lost, you know, 30% of your money. But overall, this fight was fantastic. It really tested Shavkat on his feet, and it proved something to me as well. This man's a fucking force. Shavkat got whacked, like punched, kicked, hurt. You you saw him get stunned a little bit, but he has a chin like no other. So this man has a chin, he has great ground game, he has great striking. Overall, he is becoming a threat to the welterweight division. And I have some predictions on who he should fight next, but it probably won't happen because the welterweight division pisses me off more than any other division. But Props to Jeff Neal, though. He fought for the entire time. It was incredible until the end where he got uh, Shavkat got right in onto his back and got a standing rear naked choke for the finish, which is rough. All right. So next up, and these are the next two fights where I have to, you know, swallow my own pride because I wrote some people off on these. But I will admit 
When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Women's flyweight title bout, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. This was a fight. And I've said this to you. I've said it before to friends. Women's MMA, when they have a fight, it's better than most. So at first, I was I wrote off Alexa Grasso because I'm like, all right, uh, not many you know big names on her uh, list of who she's fought. Yeah, uh, I don't know how her ground games were really at. Oh, and I know she probably is a good striker, but I I wrote her off completely. I apologize for that because ever from the first round on, Alexa was there to win. She got one good hook on Valentina, and it changed Valentina's entire fight plan. Here's the crazy thing, and I'm and for four rounds, because that's how long this fight went, it was back and forth. It wasn't, you know, who's going to, like, one's dominating the other. It was close. Valentina is known to use spinning kicks, and I've seen her, you know, use them very well. She's done great damage with them. And when she decided to do one spinning kick, in that split second when she turned around, like, during the kick, Alexa was able to get onto her back and submit her via rear naked choke. I'm not, you, if you get the video up when you can, it is quick. She jumps rear naked and Valentina, God bless her, she was trying her best not to submit to the point where the ref's like, you're going to pass out, we have to call it. Now, here's the crazy thing. They now have video that she posted of her fucking training that move. Really? Yes. She was sitting there the entire time, like, in a stance waiting, and the guy would throw the random uh, random spinning kick. She would jump on a dude, practice submissions, and go from there. That is probably the most textbook thing that you could do about fighting where it's not random. I know, like, when you're in a fight, you've got to think, you know. You, it's hard to think because, you know, blood's rushing, rushing, adrenaline's going, all this crazy shit. That was reaction and her knowing what to do. In the middle of a title fight, thousands of people there, and just went from number six to number one. There is already talks of an immediate rematch, so we'll see how that goes. I look forward to it because this was a very close fight as it was, and if Alexa keeps practicing like she does and keeps training, I think she takes it again. So overall, congratulations to Alexa Grasso. She did receive a performance of the night. Also with Jeff Neal and Shavkat Romanov, as I said earlier, um, and then we go to the main event, the heavyweight title bout, John Jones versus Cyril Gunn. Now I want to make this very clear. As I said, I'm swallowing my pride. <laughs> Still don't like the person, but I respect the game. John Jones came out in that first round and showed us what a heavyweight really is. Came in, showed his wrestling skills like he used to, got Cyril Gunn to the ground, got on top of him where he couldn't move, put all of his weight on him and got him with, an, with a submission. First round, two minutes and four seconds. John Jones Bones is back. Wow. I said that wrong. John's Bones Jones is back. There we go. He is apparently going to be fighting Stipe Miocic. We'll see if that gets set up. I know with John Jones coming back, it kind of messes with the heavyweight lineup. But at the same time, we'll see how it goes. Congrats to John Jones for coming back. Three-year hiatus, no ring rust like I said he would have. Did not give a shit, just came back out onto the ring and went hard to the paint. He also received a performance in the night. And then lastly, just finishing back up with the performances, 
Shavkat received a performance of the night as well, or fight in the night, I'm sorry. With Jeff Neal, though, as a heads up, when you have those penalties, you forfeit any fight at a night or performance at a night. Dana White, though, because of how good the fight was, said, nah, I'm paying him his full purse. So that's coming out of his money. Respect to Dana for that. And that is it on UFC 285. So still, next weekend, though, we have, or this weekend, I'm sorry, on Saturday, March 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means I can actually watch this without much of a problem. If I'm not doing anything in Boston, shout out to Boston. Um, we have Peter Yan versus Marab. Oh, God, I can never pronounce his you last name. You can do it. Dafshavili. Dafshavili. Marab. We're going with Marab. That's it. Overall, it's a not a bad card. Um, nothing super crazy going on on this card regarding the prelim or, or just prelim because I forgot it's only a fight night. But... Just want to note one on the prelims itself, just because it is something to note for the flyweight division. You got Tyson Nam versus Bruno Silva. Tyson Nam is ranked number 15, so this is his, uh, Bruno Silva's chance to at least get ranked into the top 15. See how that goes for him. Otherwise, though, nobody really else I'm worried about, but we're going to go through the main card. Real quick, the only one we're going to go from the second fight on. We have a Bantamweight bout, uh, ranked 14, Syed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. Um, I believe Syed is actually related to Khabib in some way. If not, it's just a very common Dagestani last name. So good for him. We'll see how that goes. We want him to climb the ranks slowly in the Bantamweight division. I actually think he'll be a force to be reckoned with down the line. Um, remember... Two weeks ago, I talked about Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann, how their fight got canceled. It's on this card, so they didn't lose out on too much time. So catch weight bout, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Just because they don't want to mess with their weight doing a whole weight cut again, they agreed on a catch weight. So good for them. Um, next off on the heavyweight division, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. Ranked 8 versus ranked 13, battle for the best Alex in the heavyweight division. So we'll see how that goes. And then lastly, we got in the Bantamweight bout, Peter Yan versus Murab. I'm not saying his last name because it's too hard. <laughs> um, Peter Yan currently on a two-fight losing skid, losing to Aljamain Sterling, the current Bantamweight champion, followed by Sean O'Malley, the number one ranked, current now number one ranked Bantamweight in the world. Um, this is actually going to be a really good fight. Peter is still a hell of a fighter. Great striking overall. Does have pretty good takedown defense, too. But, as we've seen, it can be cracked. Marab is an uh, absolute stunner of a fighter. I actually like him. You should check him out on Instagram if you get the chance. He's funny as hell. Overall, I think this is going to be a great fight. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know how Peter's feeling after two losses in a row. So, we're going to see how that goes. But overall, very excited for that. And it should be a fun time. Once again, UFC... Uh, fight night, Jan versus Marab, March 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You also have one championship on Friday night fights as well, which are like at 7 or 8 in the morning. I know that's early, but it gives you something to do in the day. Sweet. So, we got some stuff going on in, uh, in LCS or some eSports news. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun one this week. Um, 
didn't necessarily get to see a small amount of the games, but saw enough of them to understand what's necessarily going on and a lot's going on. Um, so we have fly quests. Um, they fell to, to evil geniuses. So for just a, a quick reminder, fly quest is currently number one throughout the whole standings and they've been so dominant. Um, and evil geniuses is slowly starting to rise up a little bit, started to get the momentum and they, they beat fly quest, but, um, it, it was definitely a good game. It was, it was one where it was like, it could have gone either way. So th those are going to be two fun teams to watch, but, um, on FlyQuest, there's an ADC. His name is Prince, and he's been the clear MVP throughout this whole season on this team and realistically probably throughout the whole league. And he's been just so dominant. Um, dominant to the point where he might break a record. So he's currently sitting at uh, 83 like uh, eighty-three kills um, just throughout the whole league. Doesn't need, doesn't matter what role it is. He's, he's, just at, he's at 83 kills. And... If he keeps up the pace, he will be the highest kills per game um, player in all of C LCS history, which is which is nuts, at, especially at ADC. Like, I know we, I know in our last episode we were complaining a little bit about it. How uh, you can do so much, you can do so much damage, uh, but if you're ten and zero, extremely ahead in the game, and a a one and eight Fiora or or Zed's like. Like looks at you, you just die immediately. But so it's 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 insane to see how dominant Prince has been um, throughout the league. So it's 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 cool to see. I'm hoping he breaks that record because it'll be such a fun one. And um, hopefully he continues this throughout the season. Hopefully in the world. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, Team Liquid actually steps in and snaps Golden Guardians' win streak. So. The uh, Golden Guardians, as we said last week, had a uh, seven-game win streak going on. They were one of the hottest teams um, in the whole league, and well, T TL took that to heart. They said, "Nah, not that's not going to happen to us. We're not going to give you the eighth. So they snapped their their win streak. Golden Guardians did win the ne the next game um, in the day afterwards, but uh, TL took them down a notch. Uh, C nine, Cloud nine. Uh, who has been in second place for a majority of this season is, is slowly creeping up on FlyQuest though. They uh, they they went two and zero this weekend, um, so they essentially did not lose. They did not lose their place. Um, they they crept up on on FlyQuest, and now they're only one game away from tying FlyQuest at uh, first place. So my team, um, the the very consistent team, um, looking like they're gonna like kind of catch up to FlyQuest unless FlyQuest can figure it out. Um, and, and it's it's actually really cool, too, because even though C9... C9 has been second place, but to them, they want to keep progressing. And they actually subbed out their mid laners, which was kind of like a controversial thing. Because normally, if you're in the top four, top three of uh, the league, you're not really going to make some changes. That's normally for people trying to shake it up, make that late season push, see what, what it is. But they switched their mid laners uh, to Jimenez. And he's he's been he's been... Performing very well, um, a lot of the a lot of the people within the sphere, like announcers and analysts, are saying that he's got some really well honed in talent, um, and he's got the potential to be one of the best. So it's really cool to see a, a bright young star kind of step in and, and and do his role. And they 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 went two and zero, so currently he's they're three and one in his uh in his tenure. So that'll be fun to see as as well. So and our our poor. Poor Dignitas, 
Still sucking. They look like they had a little bit of light, a little yeah. bit of light last last week. Yeah, that got that got snuffed out immediately. Nope. They went zero and two this week, and uh, man, they they're gonna have to make some changes. Yeah. So that I just put me in, coach. At, at this point, yeah, just just find a challenger me. player that that wants to me. You're not challenger. Shh, they don't know that. You want Shen to have like five. I will rant about this off stream about what I want for Shen buffs unless Riot is listening, which I doubt they will be. Because of all seven viewers of us, if one of them's a Riot employee, I'll be very appreciated. So that that'd be really cool. Hey, listen, Riot, if you can make us partners, I've already spent a lot of money on your game. Just like you know, hook, hook us up. Yeah, there is an app by the way that you can look up how much money you've spent on a game. I don't want to say it out loud because I know my parents listen to this. <laughs> so no. Uh, I don't just even for people that play this game, don't do it. Don't it, buy skins. Don't do it. It is not. It's not worth it. There's new fairy skins coming out. Buy them. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um. So we're recording this today, um, Eastern Standard Time. It is March seventh. Um. The reason I say that is because World Baseball Classic actually starts today. No oh, good. Starts tonight at 11 p.m. It's Cuba versus Netherlands. So Ooh, that's yeah, fun. so that's it, it's going to be interesting to My see. My money's on Cuba. Yeah, I, w- I would go the same way. Um, but I believe last time that Cuba and Netherlands actually um, faced each other, it didn't necessarily look so good because <laughs> Netherlands. They only played seven innings, but I think that was enough. They because uh, last World Baseball Classic um, at Tokyo, the pool E. Cuba went 0 and 3 and they got demolished by the Netherlands that that game was 14 to 1. So, damn. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this goes cuz normally Cuba is like a pretty decent team, so I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. Um we, it, a lot of the pools are going on uh Tuesday and then man I'm actually, oh, I'm so excited. It's, it's starting to sink in. So I was gonna say you're gonna be up all night watching this. I actually will. So yeah, just just for those those who are interested, we got Cuba versus Netherlands tonight, March seventh at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe it's on FS1. So uh, make sure to check that out. All right. So I just want to bring up a few other sports that we don't really talk about much, but I want to kind of bring keep them in the loop always. Sp- starting off actually with MLS. Because Philadelphia did get to the finals last year and unfortunately lost in penalty kicks. But you know what? That's better than whatever I expected with MLS because I don't watch soccer. But now I will. Um, I'm only, This is going to be new to me, so I'm going to have to try to figure it out. But uh, currently with uh, Philadelphia, I'm a little bit behind. They are currently two games into their season. Philadelphia is currently one and one. Um, their first game went great for uh, four goals to none where this one where they lost to Miami uh, 2-0. Currently, Miami is on top along with New England in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia is currently ranked 7th with a few other ties going on um, for that place. But overall, happy for Philadelphia and MLS to start back up. The problem with Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia, but the problem with soccer here specifically, even though it is Philadelphia, it's actually Westchester, PA is where the stadium is, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. It's not a far drive. It's like about 40 minutes away from us. It's not bad, but if only the stadium was near us, like in the whole stadium area. 
Yeah. That I think would bring in more people. And and also the fact that like tailgating's huge in Philly. Um and the way that they tailgate it's like it it's so weird cuz like where you tailgate is still far away from the stadium. It is. So like it, it's like you're realistically it's kind of a fun walk but like comparative to like you know uh Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, uh, Sixers like all those kinds of things. It's a farther walk and it's like it's like that's a you're going there for commitment. So it's it's a different tailgate too. The funny thing is with tailgating too in the Philadelphia area, half the time when we park and you know this too, anytime we tailgate, we don't tailgate in the whatever team's lot. The only time that we do is for the Phillies because 90% of the time we will park in the Philadelphia's lot, probably in U or X where the one area, like it's far away, yeah, but you have the most space. You don't have to worry about anyone else. You could set up your tables, get your grill, have the porta potty ready, and you can have a good time. And then by the time you walk to the stadium, You've already crushed two cans of White Claw, and then you're ready to go into either Xfinity. You can go into Live. The whole setup around there is perfect for tailgating because then you can go into somewhere else, get absolutely obliterated yelling, go Birds, go Flyers, go Phillies, go Sixers, whatever you want to do. Unfortunately, since MLS isn't there, it's a little bit harder for us fans to get there as easily. Um, moving on from that, the Sixers actually, I think, are on a two-game win streak. I just want to keep them alive. They had such a, a, a yes. crazy win. Yes, I saw that against the Bucks. They destroyed a 16-win streak. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. They almost blew it, but it was incredible. That that was such a, a dominant game by uh, by Embiid, by Harden, and Maxi. But those three need to be what they were in that game for us to finally make it to a finals and not yes. be a second round knockoff. I know we don't want that. But overall, very happy for the Sixers. Great job. Um, and then next, but not well, yeah, you know my my favorite hockey team to talk about. They actually won the last game. They won against the Red Wings three to one. Good for them. They still suck. They're second to last in the division. And then they play the Lightning right now, but no score has actually been posted yet. Never mind, it's 1-1. Currently, this is all current, so who knows what's going to happen by the end of this uh, second period. Can I go on a rant? Go for it. It's going to be a very brief rant, but my God is the... The ownership of the Flyers is so fucking dumb. Yes. And I say this genuinely because... They had a uh, they had a seasons uh, ho- uh, the se- season ticket holding meeting. Um, yeah, I wasn't there for that one. And they had a whole bunch of people there. They had like uh, they had the GM, the owner, and stuff like that. And the the um, they 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 wanted they the fans want this the the owner to sell a team. They want the GM gone. They want everything, and they boot him at the season holder uh, season ticket holder meeting. And the fucking guy that was announcing all that was like, hey, like. Stop booing! Like, don't ruin this for everybody. Yada yada. It's like, no. There is such a disconnect within the organization, and it's brutal. And the fact that, and this hurt me the most, is that I, I believe it was the Rangers when we when we faced them recently. I, I forget what it, it was. A blue team it shows you how much that I'm really paying attention to the Flyers outside yeah. of this one aspect because because this organization is so trash. It they literally there was not a single orange in this stadium. The whole stadium was blue. The, like you, you don't let that happen in Philly, and if no. you do, you're ter- you shouldn't be owning a Philly team. Like no. every other owner, every other owner is at and, and GM in this stage of Philly has knows what Philly is, knows what to do, knows how to run a team, 
and you're going to look me in the eye and say that the Flyers are in a good spot. They're, they're not, not. They're not. They're, they're not at all. And it, it kills me because hockey is such a fun sport to watch. It's one of my favorite sports. But I can't get into it because the Flyers are so agonizingly bad. They are trash. And it's a sad thing, too, because Philadelphia loves hockey. They really yeah. do. No, when, when the Flyers in the playoffs, that is like the uh, outside of the Eagles. That is the most hype. And it, it kills yeah. me to say because I'm a baseball fan. But the Phillies, the Phillies World Series was really fun. But like Flyers hockey is the most hype, I think, outside of the Eagles Philly will ever be. They're one of the few sports I'm willingly going to stay up late for to watch if they are in the playoffs. 100%. And the thing with, the, with hockey more than anything else, because it's such a high-paced, fast-action game, People can watch it. They cheer. They boo. They cry. They get into it real quickly because yep. of how the pace is going. Yep. Unfortunately, the pace of play for the Flyers has been into the gutter. It has been terrible, and I want them to be better. I want our team to succeed. I don't want to be at the bottom on a rung every year where we lose to the Devils, where we lose to the Rangers, where we lose to the Islanders. I don't want to see this over and over again. Don't get me started on Pittsburgh because I literally do not go to those games because they're always a shit show. Even though it's one of the greatest rivalries for Philadelphia, literally the Winter Classic a couple of years ago when they played outside and they came back from a two-goal or three-goal deficit, it was fucking phenomenal. Where was that team? Where is it now? It's gone. I know that. But our GM isn't doing anything. Our coaching, eh, I don't really like it either. Overall, I am just so disappointed in the Flyers to the point where I check it only during this podcast to see how they're doing, and I can shit on it. And I don't want to do that. I bought season tickets one year because I actually wanted to like get into the Flyers, go to games. I took my freaking girlfriend there for one of our first dates. I've taken – I don't know if I took you. I'm sorry if I did or didn't. But I don't know if I took you. I can't remember. No, no, not when you had the season tickets, no. All right. But we've gone to games. We've had a blast. I've taken friends. I had great seats. I want you to understand that. I was literally aisle seats, beautiful angle near, like, the center ice. I was off on an angle, so you had a flyer side shooting once, really. But it was beautiful angled. It was the greatest seats I ever had in the fucking house. I was willing to drop $2,700 on those tickets at the time because that was actually the last time during the season where they did good. And, I'm, and that was enough to where they just missed the playoffs, but I didn't buy season tickets next year because, again, it's a lot of money. It's a big commitment. Didn't want to do it. I'm glad I didn't re-freaking re do it again because they've been trash for the next two years after that. I will not buy them again. I want to. Listen to me, Flyers. I want to, but you're not giving me the opportunity to waste my money on a terrible team where I'm going to be selling tickets, though, to opposing fans to come in and go win. I don't want to do that. And do something. And it, it, it's, such, it's such a funny thing because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of two teams because Phillies like that were for, for a while. Yeah, right they were. That. But the, the GM at least knew like the, the, the city of Philadelphia, what they like, what they wanted a team. And they knew they were like, we, we're not going to get there yet. But what we're going to do is we're at least going to like, you know – make this feel like a Phillies game for people that are spending their hard-earned money. So they, they did a lot of dollar dog. They did more dollar. They did like all these events that were like, listen, we know our team is bad, but we want you to come enjoy yourself. So we're going to do all these things. Here's four hours of fun, dollar dog night. Exactly. Bring your own, bring your pets day. I know that's a thing every once and in a that, while. And that at least gives you hope as, yeah. a, as a fan because you know that like at, the fireworks. That, that someone who is in charge knows what they're doing. Yeah. We, we were very blessed that 08 have the world series mm -hmm. 
all all throughout those years. We knew eventually it was going to teeter over, yeah. and that's kind of how it is with that. But the Flyers never had that. They were just above mediocrity for like a good amount of time. They would get to a playoffs they had, every so often. They had maybe a year where we were like, this might be the year. Like if they had that momentum and they didn't pull through, but my God, just sell the team. Sell the team. Sell it. Reorganize. Fix your shit. Get it together so I can go hug Gritty again with Glee. That annoys me the most. Gritty has the greatest mascot. We have the greatest mascot. We have two of the great. No. I'm taking it back. We have the two greatest mascots in the entire world of sports. We have the Philly Fanatic, who is a all-time baseball classic. The little air hump that he does with his body is fantastic every single time. His tongue sticks out. He is overall fun. Who the hell made an anteater fun? I don't know. That man is a genius. Then he did it again after he smoked some crack with some dudes in Kensington, and boom, Gritty got made. Jesus Christ, Philadelphia was so against Gritty when we first saw him because we were so afraid of what he looked like because he stood, it stared into your soul. For the first week, all of Philly was like, what the hell is this? And my favorite thing that ever happened in all of Philly sports is Gritty looked at us and flipped us off and we were like, he is the best thing since sliced bread. Not Price. even that. He literally told the Penguins team to sleep with one eye open because he's coming. And we were so into it. And we can't enjoy it because the Flyers fucking suck. They do. Because the sad thing is, too, we too have, we have to compensate, sadly. We have two of the best mascots. We have one that I'm still concerned about, a.k.a. the Blob. Um, <laughs> no offense to Swoop. I want to make this very clear. No offense to Swoop. But in the grand scheme of like the whole sport, yeah, he, he's not he's not much there. We love Swoop. He is one. Yes, of, he was my one, absolutely. He's one of my favorite uh, football mascots. But like realistically, when it comes to to just attention, like media, everyone knows. Yeah, it, it, you have to be a fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you can't. And then again, the the Sixers uh, mascot that I don't remember the name because I I think it's a dog. I don't know. But it, I, we don't know because we don't see the dog ever. I mean, like, when it comes to baseball, not baseball, I'm sorry, basketball mascots, I think it is Chicago Bulls one because that guy does acrobatics. He does all this crazy stuff, too. So I respect that. That's a, a, an incredible mascot where ours is kind of just there giving waves. I mean, he, to be fair, he does do stuff, too. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, you're not really looking for the, no, the you're mascot. Not. You're, you're watching you're, Yeah, you're watching Because, again, Baseball, very high paced. You can keep going. With the thing though with gritty though is the opposite. When you're at a game, you will distract yourself from hockey to watch gritty. A hundred percent. Even if the if the Flyers were doing well, you would be sitting there going, "What is gritty going to do to a fan today?" Because he he just sneaks out. He he like he goes through the corridor. He sneaks his head out, and you're like, "Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, here he comes. What's he gonna do?" And he does horn on somebody's head. He does something ridiculous, yells, and it's, it's like you know fake yelling. Oh, my th- I think I, I was at this game with you uh, or Mikey or whoever, but and I, I know he does this consistently, but one of the first times we saw Grady live, it was like during um, one of the periods where like obviously they're doing intermission and they had um, a bunch of people in like, it, it's like one of those like big inflated plastic balls where people oh, yeah, are running yeah. around and Grady was Zorb. just running around. Yes. Laying people out. Yes. 
He was laying people out in the Zorb because he can't. There's literally kids that do the peewee hockey thing in between games <laughs> that drop gloves to fucking fight Gritty. I love it. I love it. Gritty is quite literally one of the greatest mascots of all time. Yeah. And I really hope, well, he, he will stick around. I know he will. I'm not worried about that. But in order to make Gritty greater, the team needs to be greater too. Without the team, we just have a great mascot to a shitty team. And people will literally pay money. And I'm talking going into the nosebleeds, getting a $10 ticket, because that's how much they were going for at some points during the season, to go hang out with Gritty instead of watching your fucking Flyers. Meanwhile, people from other cities come in, which I hate when they do. Not really, but I, you know, a big rival thing. But when people come in and they outcolor us, I want to see the whole stadium in white, orange, black, any of those colors that are Flyers colors, I want to see that. When I see other colors, besides black, because I know that's a lot of other teams, um, I get a little annoyed because that just shows we don't have the pride like we used to. It's, yeah, it's a Philly thing. Like, every other sports team does this. Like, yeah. even, like, the Union does it. Yeah. The Eagles do Union's it. The huge. Yeah, the Phillies do it. Sixers do it. Yeah. And the Flyers are the only terribly run org in Philly that used to be one of the most packed with fly, like if you came, they were one of the most home field advantage. Yeah, and now they're, not anymore. Now, now the other teams get to. Yeah, so annoying. it's horrible. Home field advantage is one of the hugest things in sports too. And you lose that at your own home, it's over. I mean, you hear it at Philly, in the Philly Stadium where we heckle outfielders all the time. I do it. It's great. I yell at them to drop the ball. They suck. Their mother's not happy. You know, it's whatever. And Eagles, I am screaming obscenities that I can't. Uh, repeat here, usually because it's me saying, drop the ball, you suck, I hate you, fuck you, ref, etc. But when it comes to the Flyers, I'm literally yelling the same thing. Why are you sucking? Get better. And that's not to the enemy team. Yeah, That's to the home team. Yeah. There was a game I went to, this is before they, like, this is before season tickets a while back. It was actually, um, I went to my last Pittsburgh game, they lost 6-1. to one. Granted, I actually think the refs had a big play in that game because they did call a no goal, and I think that would have changed the momentum, but I digress. Um, and it literally, for about five minutes straight, there was we want refund chance. We are the only team, too, where they actually will not give our fans any more bracelets because we will throw them back onto the rink if we suck. <laughs> our fans in Philadelphia in general are very savage, are yeah. very loud, are very diehard, though. We will do anything for our team. We will do anything to see us succeed. And that includes us saying, hey, tip the bus so we can win. You know there would be at least 200, no, kidding, 2,000 people there to push the bus over. It's one of those things where it really does hurt when you see your team that you've grown up with that you followed religiously, thrown dollars into it. It's not even about the money, but something that you have grown up with just dying away slowly when it can be easy, not it can be fixed. And I'm not going to say it's easy. I know it's hard. It's dealing with, you know, multi-million dollars, management of team, a lot of crazy shit. But if you're going to sit there and do nothing, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've said all I need to say. Yep. Anyway, the XFL's going pretty well. Is We're it? on week three. Hey. Yeah. You got the Seattle Sea Dragons uh, that beat the Vegas Vipers. 
You got the St. Louis Battlehawks versus the DC Defenders, DC won 34-28. You got Orlando Guardians. Oh, that was a terrible game. Versus the Arlington Renegades. Arlington. Where's Arlington at? You can do it. I actually don't know. You can do it. Arkansas? It, no, it, it's close. Mississippi? Alabama? I don't know where Arlington's at. I forget. Arlington won 10-9. to That's a terrible game. And then San Antonio um, lost to the Houston Roughnecks. My God, what is with Houston and their terrible names for lower-quality football? Houston Gamblers, Houston Roughnecks. I'm, I'm still upset with the Houston Gamblers. Not the, they got to work on their mascots. We, yeah. we can rant about mascots all day. I actually now need to see what the XFL mascots look like. But do what you got to do while I look this up. Uh, the only thing that I got got to do, really, is, is have a shout-out to uh, the Vikings wide receiver, K.J. Osborne. Um, it's not even football-related. This this man was at the right place at the right time. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he actually was able to save a man's uh, life. Um, he just happened to be in the vicinity when um, a guy was in a burning car, um, and K.J. Osborne pulled him out of it, uh, was able to keep him stable, and literally saved the man's life. So I want to give him a shout out because like, that's, that's, that's literally some hero stuff. Like that's, that's something that is. Yeah, no, that's you, it's, it's, it's either in you to act and to help someone out or it's fight or flight. Yeah. And huge props to that man. Yeah, no, that was wonderful. And thank God he was there. Right place, right time. Way to take an in, uh, action for it all. Very happy about that. Save the man's life. You can't. That is a play of the game that you will never get again. Hopefully. Hopefully that doesn't happen multiple times for him. If not, then I'd actually be worried he's cursed or he's setting it up. But overall, very happy about it. I think that's all we got for today. Um, so, yeah, I don't have much else going on. Otherwise, please remember to uh, check out our Twitter. We're eventually going to make an Instagram and TikTok. Eventually, I don't know. Okay. When. Well, once we start actually getting into like the video aspect of it, <laughs> um, my God, I'm just I'm I'm expecting to edit so much. You're watch. gonna have to edit so much tonight. It is gonna be terrible. Uh, well, but I love this episode. I'm just was, letting you know. It was the most genuine. I'm, I had the most fun on this, even though I was delirious. Yeah, you are. But yeah, like Bill said, um, make sure to check us out on Twitter. Our handle is A B Sports Media. Um, and also, if you have any questions outside of Twitter that you want to reach out to us, um, our email is BillAJMedia at gmail.com. You know who made that one. We all, we all know who made that one. So <laughs> um, to end the episode off, my name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And thank you for listening to A&B Sports Media, the podcast. Hope to see you next week. Take care. Adios. If gambling has become a problem for you or for someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 53342 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.